You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, Hour 2 Lake Show, News Talk 830 WCCO. I'm a fight fan. And I love to go down to the Armory and check out the Premier Boxing Champions Fight Night that they have once every, I want to say, maybe like three or four months. And uh, I had the pleasure, actually one of the highlights of my year so far was getting an opportunity the last fight night or a couple of fight nights ago uh, after one of the fights post-fight, getting a chance to talk to Hall of Fame boxing analyst for Showtime, Al Bernstein, and uh, he joins us now here on the John Schuster Cole Baker Hotline uh, to talk about this weekend's fights, uh, specifically a big time fight between David Morrell. He's the the rising kid uh, that was based out of here for quite some time, the Cuban, and he's taking on Idos Yubersinelli, um, Yubersinelli this uh, coming weekend. So that should be a, a pretty good fight, a twelve round duel uh, taking place at the Armory. But uh, Al Bernstein joins us now here on the Lake Show. Al, always a pleasure to talk boxing with you. How you doing, my friend? I'm good. I'm good. How about you? It's nice to get a chance to visit with you uh, in uh, Minnesota last time. Yeah, that was awesome, man. We got the uh, uh, opportunity to catch up and and kind of talk about some of the fights and uh, got a chance to talk about our mutual friend, John Hansen, for quite some time. So, so yeah, no, yeah. It, it, it was nice to kind of catch up with you. Uh, well, let me ask you this. Before we even get into the card, in, in, in particular the fight, uh, with uh, between David and uh, and Ios, what what did you make of the armory? Like like, do you do you like everything about oh, the setup? It. Yeah, what, what what do you make of that of that entire scene? Oh, I, I think the armory is one of the best locations for boxing in anywhere. I mean, it's fantastic. It's a very intimate uh, arena, but they still see it enough to make it you know work um, in terms of commerce. And it's there's not a bad seat in the place and. It's a great, great location. It's perfect for boxing. Yeah. Well, we've got unbeaten WBA super middleweight champion and Minneapolis fan favorite David Morrell Jr. fighting this weekend. Uh, just your initial thoughts or maybe your, your perspective on him as a fighter and just kind of watching him uh, throughout the last year or so, him kind of coming up through the ranks. Well, he's a very good fighter. You know, the, the, um, pro- the problem in boxing sometimes is, like, he has a title, of sorts. Um, There are a bunch of titles. Is he at this juncture in his career? Could you think of him as a bona fide titleist? I don't know, but I can certainly think of him as a terrific 168 pounder who is on the cusp of being, in my opinion, a superb fighter. And because the 168 pound division is kind of a, 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 a weak division, He's been able to more quickly than you would normally expect. Of course, he had all kinds of amateur experience. He's been more quickly able to get near the top of the division. 
And that is a function of, as I say, the, the division not having as much depth and him being an excellent young fighter. Yeah. When you look at his opponent, and I hope not that I'm pronouncing the name correctly, uh, Idos Yabosanelli, uh, give me a little bit of information about this guy from Kazakhstan because I did parsi- uh, participate in the Zoom when they kind of had the little bit of a back and forth in the press conference there. Uh, but your thoughts on him as a fighter? He's a very good fighter. You know, he's, he's, he's one of those people <clears throat> who is, hasn't gotten a lot of attention, um, but he's one of those Eastern European fighters who can, who we know can fight and we know he's good. He also had a good amateur background. And the question is, does he, is he good enough to take it to the next level? And we're going to find that out for him and maybe for David Morell in a way, because I think he's probably the best, certainly the best 168 pounder that Morell has thus far faced. He's a good solid fighter. Uh, and Morell is not going to get a pass in this fight by any stretch of the imagination. And honestly, I expect it to be a very, very entertaining matchup. Talking to Hall of Fame boxing announcer for Showtime, Al Bernstein. He's joining us here on The Lake Show on News Talk 830-WCCO, courtesy of the John Schuster Coal Banker Hotline. When you look at both of these fighters, do you think that there is any advantage for one versus the other in terms of maybe speed and quickness or power? How do you, who, who do you think maybe has the, the slight upper hand here? Well, Morell probably, you know, Morell is a good puncher for sure. Um, he might have a little edge in power, um, and he might have a sl- he might have a slight edge in hand speed, uh, but not pronounced. Um, so I think probably when you look at the, based on what they've done before and what they look like in terms of athleticism, you might give a slight edge to Morel in both those departments. Um, but again, that while he may have those that slight edge, it doesn't make him in any way a prohibitive favorite in this fight. Um, you could say he might be the favorite, but it's not pro- so pronounced that, you know, you'd say he's prohibitive. Yeah. Uh, there's another fight on this card that uh, some people are attracted to, and it's the Rosario versus Mendoza card. Uh, it is the uh, the 10-round middleweight attraction uh, going uh, right in front of the, uh, the, the main event. Uh, just your thoughts maybe on those two fighters. Yeah, Brian Mendoza is a late uh, entry into this. He's a replacement, um, uh, but but he is a terrific fighter. And and Jason Rosario is a former uh, champion who lost uh, two straight fights actually, and now he's won a couple straight fights. And he is only twenty seven, so he feels like he can get back into the the championship picture at one hundred and fifty four. And Brian Mendoza has always been just short of making it into the top of what is a very good division. 154 is one of the best divisions in boxing. And so Mendoza feels like a win over a former champion uh, on Saturday night would put him in that category. And for Rosario, a win he thinks would, would, after two other wins, would establish himself as being back in the division and show that the, uh, the folks that he should get a top fight at 154 pounds. So I think it, I think that'll be an entertaining matchup as well. You know, uh, I, I got to ask you just a general boxing question because, you know, you are somebody that 
uh, I hold in, in high regard in this sport. Uh, you are a legend in the sport for your analysis. Uh, and it just my question is about making fights happen because there's so many good fighters. Um, there are a lot of good brands and, and, and marketing people out there, right, that are, that are talking about this fighter versus this fighter. Why is it so hard at times to make certain fights that everybody wants to see? You know, I always say boxing is laissez-faire capitalism run amok. It, you know, if, if, the, if the Dallas Cowboys could figure out a way to not have to play, I don't know, uh, a bad matchup for them, right? Maybe the, the San Francisco 49ers uh, or whoever, somebody that they perceive as a bad matchup. They'd like to try to do that, but they can't because the schedule makes them play those teams. In boxing, uh, people can pick and choose, and even though sometimes they get ordered to fight people, they can figure out their own path. It's entrepreneurial, and so can the promoters, and so can networks that get involved. And so the problem is because it's so commerce driven and because there's no overruling body, even though there are four ruling bodies in boxing that are major ones, that's the point. There are too many. If there was just one and it was like other sports, you you would be able to make those matches easier. It's like the MMA organizations like Bellator, all its fighters fighting under one category they have to fight whoever because that's who they're matched with the same is true with the ufc doesn't work that way in boxing and so a combination of issues with promoters uh the fighters themselves management sometimes networks it makes certain matches just very difficult to make yeah we're talking to Al Bernstein from Showtime here on The Lake Show on News Talk 830-WCCO. Uh, if you want to go to the fights, make sure that you go to armorymn.com. Uh, you can purchase tickets there. It's coming up this Saturday, November the 5th. Uh, all ages, doors open at 430. The fights start at 5 p.m. And uh, as I uh, finish off this interview with you, Al, I, I do got one specific question I wanted to ask you. Uh, with so many fights that you've watched throughout the years, Give me the one fight in your entire life that you would rank at the top over all other fights. And I know that that's very hard because you've seen a lot of good fighters and great fighters in your day. But what was probably or arguably the greatest fight that you've ever seen ringside? Well, I can tell you the best one I announced. Um, The best fight I ever announced in all the thousands I've announced is the fight, I think it was 2004, between... Diego Corrales and Jose Luis Castillo, a lightweight championship match that is thought of as the greatest lightweight championship match of all time. And it went, you know, ten and a half rounds before it was ended by a, a stoppage. And it had everything you could possibly want in a fight. Great action, great skill. A dramatic 10th round in which Corrales got knocked down twice, got out, and then came back to stop Castillo in that very same round. So it had action all the way through, great skill, and a dramatic finish, which is amazing. And then second on the list, even though it was a short fight, I was able to announce Hagler Hearns, which produced probably the best, the best single round in uh, middleweight history. Mm. Yeah. That's something, man. You just took me back right there. That's that's an unbelievable uh, 
fight right there, and those are just two of the greatest to, to ever do it. Hey, Al, man, always a pleasure to uh, chat boxing with you, my friend. Thanks for coming on the Lake Show tonight, and uh, it's going to be awesome this weekend at the Armory. Yeah, I'm anxious to get back to the Twin Cities. Um, I, you know, I enjoy coming back there. I'm so glad that we have the regular stop there. Um, I'm a Midwesterner. I'm from Chicago, so I like to get back to the Midwest whenever possible. That's awesome. Al Bernstein, ladies and gentlemen, joining us here on the Lake Show on News Talk 830 WCCO. All right, take care, Al. We'll, we'll see you soon. Bye bye. All right, that's Al Bernstein talking boxing with us. He is the living legend. When you talk about all the people that analyze and do fights, there is no bigger name. There are people that that used to do fights. He's still doing these fights. When I think about it right now, because who was the name of the analyst that was doing HBO for a long, long time? And then he had the back and forth with Floyd Mayweather, and Floyd Mayweather kind of cursed him out in the ring, and that was pretty much the end of that. Was that Jim Lampley? It might have been Jim, Jim Lampley. No, it wasn't Lampley. Yeah. Lampley wasn't the one he got into it with. It was the shorter guy. It was, was it Lampley. Jim Gray? It was no. It was Lamp. Nope. It was Lampley's partner. Gray was the guy that's in the ring. It's going to come back to me. Okay. It's going to come back. I to know because you mentioned Al Bernstein. I mean, he he mentioned Al's great. Hagler Hearns. I mean, that's but, when you know one of the you know boxing was in its glory days. So. But you know what makes Al Bernstein great is that he loves the sport and he doesn't have an ego. Some analysts would get on there and they feel like, oh, they've got to do this or they've got to do that during mm-hmm. the fight. No, no. Just, uh, just give us what you got on the fight. That's what we want. He lets it breathe. Yep. And that's hard for some people to do. Yep. No question about it. All right. Uh, we'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll get to a scoreboard. That's next year on the Lake Show. Where's the candy at? I'm surprised that Christopher Tubb doesn't have full size candy bars, full size Reese's peanut butter cups and Snickers, and Baby Ruth's, and Almond Joys, and Mounds. Mm -hmm. I hate when people disrespect Mounds and Almond Joys. Hey, sometimes you feel like a nut, sometimes you don't. That's what I'm saying, man. You know know what we got at home? You know what I got in my bag? What you got in your bag? I ain't going to tell you. Mm. All right. All right. I know what we got in our bag right now. A scoreboard. (laughs) <laughs> you're saying we're in the bag? Is that what you're saying here, Lake? Not sure what you're saying there. Hey, one thing we do know is that uh, Game 3 of the Major League Baseball World Series between the Philadelphia Phillies and the Houston Astros will not be played tonight because of inclement weather, and uh, they will play Game 3 tomorrow. Game 4 set for Wednesday, Game 5 on Thursday. 6 and 7, if necessary, will be played on Saturday and Sunday. Originally, Thursday was supposed to be uh, an off day. And believe it or not, this is the first time a World Series game has been postponed in 11 years. It's been that long? Yeah, game wow. six of the 2011 series between the Cardinals and the uh, Texas Rangers. So it sounds like... That's man, pretty good weather then. Yeah, I mean, considering that we are in late October, early November... Yeah, it sounds like it's still going to be uh, Lance McCullers for Houston. And uh, we don't know if Noah Syndicard is still going to throw uh, for the Philadelphia Phillies, but those were the probable starters tonight. Gotcha. So we don't we don't know. Uh, we do know that the uh, Cincinnati Bengals, with an early turnover, a Joe Burrow interception returned uh, just outside the red zone. Right now the Cleveland Browns have the ball, uh, second down at about five 
just inside the red zone. And uh, Cleveland right now looking to go up early in that game. We are scoreless. Uh, just about five minutes gone at the dog pound in Cleveland. Uh, and hey, speaking of Cleveland, real quick, you know yes. how they can help themselves out? They just go ahead and trade Kareem Hunt. They're, they're, they don't, they don't they're not using them. They're not using them the way that they should. Him and Nick Chubb are a great tandem, but mm-hmm. this is going to be this is the final year of his contract. They should trade him by tomorrow. He comes out of this, you know, like with a clean bill of health. Yeah, I trade him, man. Well, and and that's the dangerous thing, right? Like y- you have somebody that's out there, and you're going to showcase him for a trade. But the problem is, he gets hurt tonight. Guess what? There goes your trade value. So it's just kind of a tough yeah, thing. No, I'm just saying if he comes out of it and yeah, he's not hurt. Yeah, I, I mean, well, I mean, he hasn't been getting really the reps that Nick Chubb has been really getting the lion's share of the uh, of the reps for the uh, for the Cleveland Browns. Let's move to the NBA here, Henry. You mentioned the uh, Timberwolves are off tonight. They go to Phoenix tomorrow. It's going to be a tough one for the Wolves as they've got the Phoenix Suns. Pretty good team down there in the Valley of the Sun. Uh, we've got the Hornets up on the Kings, 67-52. Uh, just a couple minutes gone there in the third quarter. Uh, the Sixers up on the Wizards, 57-52. Uh, just starting the third quarter there, James Harden, 15 points to uh, lead all scorers. Uh, the New Jersey-Brooklyn Nets right now, uh, you know, a lot of talk about how the Nets are playing, especially with the latest uh, Kyrie Irving uh, kerfuffle. Um, right now they are up 48-31 to 31 over the Indiana Pacers. And by the way, if you guys don't um, know what he's speaking of, Kyrie Irving, I guess, over the weekend shared, or end of last week, shared some sort of anti-Semitic, um, something on his on his Twitter account or on social media, yeah. And I think it was based off of something that Alex Jones, um, had put out before. It just it's a mess. He is a mess. He's messy. He's to me. He just he's not a smart guy at all. He's not no. a good person at all. No, he's an independent thinker. But what in the flat earth is going on here? Uh, the Hawks are up on the Raptors, forty nine, forty eight. About three and a half minutes left to go in the first half there. Trey Young, only eight points in that game, but he does have seven assists, so he's close to a double-double already by halftime. The Bucks right now up on the Pistons, big 29-17. Uh, three minutes left to go in the first quarter there. Drew Holiday, 13 points to lead the Bucks. Mm. Uh, you got the Jazz and the Grizzlies later on, and the Rockets and the Clippers also uh, later on as well. And three games in the NHL, the uh, Minnesota Wild are off. The Sabres up on the Red Wings, 2-1. to one. Uh, Six minutes left to go in the second period there. Capitals, same over the Hurricanes, 2-1. to one. Seven and a half minutes left to go in the second period there. And right now, the Kings are shutting out the St. Louis Blues. one to nothing in the Lou. Five minutes left to go, first quarter. So there you go. And I think that does it. That uh, Yeah, that does it. And uh, by the way, that... Uh, interception return. The interception does stand for the Cleveland Browns, but a penalty brought it back in. Jacoby Brissett right now, he's got the Brownies driving, and they are in Cincinnati territory. But right, still nothing, nothing. That's going to wrap up our scoreboard. Coming up next, let's talk Minnesota Wild. Dame Mizzatani, he's going to join us from the St. Paul Pioneer Press next on The Lake Show. The travels of one Dame Mizzatani from the St. Paul Pioneer Press. Not going as planned. I wonder if he's trick-or-treating tonight. He joins us now, courtesy of the John Schuster Cole Banker Hotline. Dane, uh, what's going on, my man? You doing okay? What's going on, Lake? Yeah, I'm. I'm all right. I'm all right. We're uh, we're hanging in there. I, 
I hate to complain about this job because it's it's cooler than the jo- than jobs most people have, but it's been a crazy travel day. And uh, let's just put it this way: I didn't make it out of Chicago. Uh, we're supposed to fly out at eight thirty this morning, and uh, well, we're we're pushing eight thirty tonight, and I'm I'm checking into another hotel. So uh, <laughs> not, not, not the best day, but but we'll, we'll be all right. We move. And you know what? That's and, and see to me, that's the perfect response to my question. I'm gonna tell you why, Dane, is because at the end of the day, everybody has obstacles, right? We all got things that we have to overcome. We all have bumps in the road. But at the end of the day, dude, you have a job that people would absolutely die for. I have a job that people would absolutely die for. Like we are winning in life right now. We get to cover sports, and that's our job. So we're having a lot of fun doing that, and also talking about it on the radio. No, no doubt about that. And I love to keep that that perspective. I, I think it was it happened to me like you know, five years ago. I've been on the beef for like seven years now, and I was complaining on Twitter. And one of my friends who works a desk job was like, "What are you doing? Like, no one cares about your travel. Like your travel." <laughs> issues and, and all that like oh you're flying you know delta comfort delta first class to this city that city like no one cares and i was like you know what that's that is so true so i had that epiphany long ago uh kind of vowed not to not to voice my uh travel displeasures uh, out on the twitterverse but uh now that i'm talking to you we're just chopping it up i, I can say it hasn't been a great day so hey let me let me ask you this real quick because I'm, I'm sure this has probably happened to you uh, at some point um i'm not sure so i'm just gonna ask it anyway now now you are lucky enough in that you're going to a hotel and you'll be good and all that have you had one of those weird random just horrible days where like the weather's bad in the winter and you had to because you couldn't get to a hotel had to stay overnight in the airport because it was funny because Last um, last last year, I want to say there was a situation where Mike Graham and Daryl Thompson and others they had to uh, with the Gopher. So, oh no, it was this past winter they had mm-hmm. they, they got stuck in Indianapolis and they couldn't get out of Indianapolis on time to come back from Big Ten Media Day. No, thankfully I've never had to do that. Um, normally, I just get delayed for a while and, and eventually get out. This is actually my first time in seven years. Like actually having to stay the night in the city so you know i I can't complain that much um delta normally takes care of me hooks me up um i do remember a time when i was really really little uh me and my mom had to sleep in an airport we were flying out to hawaii and there wasn't a a flight until morning we we, our flight got delayed and we were like we're not trying to go back to to the house only to get back in the car in the morning so we we spent the night in the airport i think i was like seven eight years old Uh, but knock on wood never since yeah all right, let's talk about the Minnesota Wild because that's what you do best. Um, the last time that we talked, because we didn't talk last week, we talked the week before, uh, Flower, Mark andre Fleury, he he was struggling at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, since that time, he's uh, he's improved, he's gotten better. Uh, what do you think is the biggest difference from what you've seen with him over the course of the last week? Is it more so him in net or has it been more so the defense in front of him? I think it's a little bit of both. I, I, honestly, I think it's more so him and net, though. Um, I think the defense has tightened up. I think they deserve credit for that. But I think there's been times, you know, throughout this past road trip even, and, and it was a very successful road trip, five five games. The Wild picked up seven of a possible ten points. Uh, but even throughout that, what I would consider a successful road trip, the defense kind of here and there ha- had some holes still, still left some to be desired. Um, and, and Flower has stepped up, you know, time and time again. He was just named third star of the week in the NHL. 
Um, and, and, and why I kind of hone in on him and say it's just him playing better is because if you looked at him through those first three starts, he looked like a shell of himself. He looked like he was ready to hang him up. He was dejected after game, blaming himself, really taking accountability, but taking losses hard. And you could tell his confidence wasn't there. Um, we talked to him last night in Chicago um, after he kind of polished off another shootout win. Um, he actually had 62 shootout wins, most in NHL history. Um, but he was a different man than he was two weeks ago, smiling, laughing, very jovial. Um, the Marc-Andre Fleury that we have kind of come and known to love throughout his career, you know, over the past two decades, he's gotten more, you know, into that kind of general headspace over the past couple of weeks, and he's seen success on the ice because of it. So he, he's been great. He deserves a ton of credit because I think two weeks ago, a lot of people were, were ready to write him off. And uh, as Dino Smith says, you know, Seattle Seahawks quarterback, he didn't write back. <laughs> I love it. I love it. We're talking to Dave Mizzitani from the St. Paul Pioneer Press here on the Lake Show on Newstalk 830 WCCO. Give him a follow on Twitter at Dane Mizzitani. But most importantly, check out his fine work for the St. Paul Pioneer Press. He's joining us on the John Schuster Cole Banker Hotline. All right, so last night or yesterday, uh, Minnesota Wild do get the win, 4-3 in a shootout. But And I didn't see a second of this. But uh, tell me a little bit about the night that Matt Boldy uh, had because it uh, looked like he was cooking last night. Yeah, he was cooking, and the, and the Wild needed him to be cooking because, as good, you know, I talked about the road trip, picking up seven of ten points, very, very good, um, Get kind of getting back on track. But the Wild kind of looked like they were, you know, the cliche, you know, skating in, in quicksand kind of thing towards the end of – it was a ten-day road trip, a lot of travel um, that takes a toll on the body. Um and, and the Wild were, were struggling at points. Uh, but the Blackhawks took two leads in the game. And after the first time they took the lead, Matt Boldy scored in 22 seconds to tie the game. Blackhawks took the lead later in the third period. Matt Boldy scored in 17 seconds to tie the game. So that quick response nature on the very next shift, you know, less than 30 seconds to respond, um, the Wild needed that. Because I think if those, you know, if the Blackhawks lead kind of holds for a little longer than, you know, a minute, two minutes, three minutes, I think, the Wild probably kind of start to plant the seed of doubt, you know, maybe saying, all right, we're at the end of this trip. Um, it's not our night. Um, they weren't able to say that because Matt Boldy stepped up twice in, in huge, huge moments. And it's just another example of how special of a player he's going to be. Um, I don't, I didn't think he was at his best on this road trip, but uh, you know, at the end of the day when the Wild really, really needed him, he was. So at that, you know, he, he's going to be a really, really good player. Obviously we, we talk a lot about Kirill Kaprizov, um, not sure Matt Boldy gets enough credit because he is very, very, very talented and, and someone that's going to be a dominant player for years to come. You know, this may come across weird, Dane, but I do honestly believe this, that I think that the road trip actually came at the right time. And the reason why I say that is because we all know the the psychological part of sports, right? And when they had that, you know, stand at the at the very front of the season where they had the four games at home and they were absolutely struggling and giving up, I mean, just giving up seven goals and six. Mm-hmm. I, I think that part of it was, you know what, man, we're going on the road. We've got to put an end to this. We got, you know, we're, we're getting we're getting away from home. Let's trust and rely on each other on this five game road trip, and mm-hmm. let's try to rally around each other on the road. So I think that that road trip, in my opinion, might have came at just the exact right time. What do you make of that take? No, you're right. It's like you were in the locker room last night. Like that's exactly what Matt Boldy said. He said, "You know oh. what? Like some, sometimes road trips can be a grind, and and this one certainly was." Um, but Matt Boldy himself said, "You know, I think it came at a great time because I think what we needed was to kind of just get together 
focus on ourselves, not listen to any of that external noise. You know, these guys, they have families, they have significant others, they have, you know, a life in, in, in Minnesota. And sometimes when it's, when it's not going well, all of those factors can kind of compound on each other. When you're on the road, like the wild just were for 10 days, you only have each other. You, you're right. You have to rely on each other. You're spending a bunch of quality time with, with your teammates. You're getting dinners. You are kind of working towards the same goal. And, and that's literally your only singular goal when you're on the road. So I think you're right. It kind of centered them in a way and, you know, got them back to playing the way they know how to play, um, which is for each other. And, and I think that that's a large, you know, thanks to to being on the road and, and just kind of being able to be around each other 24-7. All right, last thing for you, Dane. So this week, a little bit of a lighter week for the Wild. They just have two games at home uh, against uh, – they face Montreal tomorrow and they face Seattle on Thursday before they head back out on the road. They go to the West Coast next Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday with uh, the Kings, um, the Ducks, and then the Kraken. So in the two games that they have this week, what are some things I need to be paying – what are some things I need to be paying attention to uh, with the Wild to see that they're getting back on track or getting getting their rhythm together? Yeah, I think you, what you got to be paying attention to is just like the general depth of this team because it's going to be tested this week. Um, you look at it before they Wild left for the road trip. Jordan Greenway went down with with an upper body injury. Really unfortunate for him because he worked his butt off to get back into the lineup and finally did get back into the lineup and then immediately tweaked his injury um, from before. Marcus Foligno missed last night's game, and Ryan Hartman left last night's game early. So the, the Wild are missing three really big contributors, and what, what you know this two-game homestand is, is going to kind of test is the depth and, and who's going to step up. You know, I think Kirill Kaprizov will, will come to play. I think Matt Zuccarello will come to play. Uh, I think Jewel Erickson and Matt Boldy will come to play. Um, but the Wild are going to need other guys, secondary players, tertiary players to step up. Um, if they want to kind of taste the, you know, the fruits of success. And, and that's something that, that I'm interested to see. I think it's something fans are interested to see. I know it's something that, that Coach Dean Evison is interested to see. Um, the depth is something the, the Wild consistently laud, you know, about their, their organization. They, they love to talk about how deep they are. Um, we're about to see how deep they really are because they're going to need some, some guys to step up this week. Yeah, no question about it. Uh, give him a follow on Twitter at Dame Mizzitani. Dame Mizzitani from the St. Paul Pioneer Press joining us here on The Lake Show. All right, Dame, man, we'll see you when you get back to Minneapolis. All right, thanks, Lake. All right, take care. That's Dame Mizzitani joining us here on The Lake Show. All right, we will take a break. We will come back, and then we will uh, dive into headlines. That's next here on The Lake Show. All right, welcome back to The Lake Show. It's time for headlines. So I'm just going to step aside and let Christopher Tubbs do his thing. All right. I don't know what that thing is, and it's probably not a good well, idea. headlines. To... Oh, okay. Right, 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 right. Okay. That, that thing now. Okay. Hey, the uh, Egan Police Department is asking for help locating 23-year-old Bryce Borka, who was last seen at around 2 a.m. on Sunday morning. Now, Egan Police shared on Facebook that Borka was last seen in the area of Coachman Road in Yankee Doodle in a patterned cardigan sweater black pants, and a black tie. Egan Police Chief Roger News shared that they're still looking for Borka after not locating him yesterday. Right now, more than 200 people are assisting in locating the young man. Those that live in the area are asked to check the properties and businesses and share any information about his whereabouts with investigative specialist Brian Hughes at 651-675-5827. 
Yeah, this is not um, a story that makes you feel good because you want, whenever somebody is missing, you want them to return home safely. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do believe, I hope, okay, that, that Bryce returns home safely because remember now, just a little bit over a week ago, a week and a half ago, a friend of mine, Melanie Lawrence, she had been missing uh, out in the Lakeville area. She was found safe. Okay, so I don't want the people out there to lose hope, but please, if you're out in that Egan area, if you know anything, if you see anything, uh, please contact them, 651-675-5827. Absolutely. The man alleged to have attacked Nancy or uh, Paul Pelosi, husband of House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, has been charged with assault and attempted kidnapping following last week's break-in at the couple's San Francisco home. This is according to the U.S. Attorney's Office. 42-year-old David DePape was charged with one count of attempted kidnapping of a U.S. official, according to the U.S. Attorney's Office for the Northern District of California. Now, the charge relates to Nancy Pelosi, who DePape told police he planned to, quote, hold hostage, according to an FBI affidavit, also unsealed uh, uh, earlier today. The attempted kidnapping charge carries a maximum of 20 years in prison. DePape allegedly shouted, where's Nancy, after breaking into their home. He was also charged with one count of assault of an immediate family member of a U.S. official with the intent to retaliate against the official. That charge relates to a crime allegedly committed against Paul Pelosi and carries a maximum sentence of 30 years in prison. This is just ridiculous. And I think that Republicans that have said, you guys are trying to say this is politically uh, related, and it's not. It happened at the home of a politician. What are you talking about? It is. Like, like who are you trying to fool? We're trying to. F- it's Nancy Pelosi's house. Politics aren't involved here? This Get is, out of here. This is 100% of course. political. 100% political. Don't try and feed us that nonsense. Most of us can see right through it. And finally, Tom Brady and Giselle Bunchen last week announced they're divorcing after 13 years of marriage. No surprise. Uh, they both uh, put out statements. Previously reported that Brady, the seven-time Super Bowl champ, uh, and his wife had hired divorce attorneys. They'd been dealing with uh, what they call marital issues, and the two had been living separately, sounds like, uh, since September. It happens to the best of them, man. It happens. Um, I wish them both the best. It's unfortunate, but that's that's how it happens, man, in this country, man, why is, all around yeah. the world. You why know? is Brady so obsessed with football? Like, he's done everything. I mean, it might not just be football. It might be some other stuff. Yeah, we don't know. Maybe, maybe. Coming up next, Elon Musk. He's in charge of Twitter now, and he wants people to pay. We get to it next. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? 
Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. <laughs> 